Welcome to the Coaching Connection Podcast, brought to you by the Gateway Training Center, the home for all of your life coach training needs. I am Katie Rushton, educator and your trusted friend in the coaching world. I am here to share with you best practices, coaching examples, and tools to help you on your professional coaching journey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Coaching Connection Podcast. I'm Katie Rushton, your coach educator, and today we are going to go straight into our third coaching session with our participant, Fred Rushton. Fred, are you ready? Yep, let's jump in. Okay, (laughs) well, thank you for being with me today. I look forward to seeing where our session goes. First, let's start with a debrief. What have you been able to achieve since we spoke last week? I was able to share my 52 Fears project with several people, and the feedback that I got from everyone was very positive, and it's something that I can draw from when I might be feeling down or like I'm not quite getting as much as I need to done. That sounds encouraging. The main goal you had was strengthening your morning routine, something spiritual, physical, and then self-development. What were you able to achieve each morning as you worked on that goal? So looking back on this last week, the things that I was able to do consistently was getting up early, taking the dogs out and feeding them breakfast, feeding myself breakfast and the wife. Then after that point, the things that I had planned to do with spiritual, physical, and self-development really weren't as consistent. There was a couple of days that I was able to do something spiritual and I kind of ended up most of the days showering later in the day so I wasn't getting early in that morning time and then I also realized that since I didn't really plan anything specific for what I would do for my self-development it kind of fell by the wayside and I wasn't intentional about it. From the way that you've described your week it seems like you had elements that were consistent and elements where you were flexible in making changes, and you've had some lessons learned. With your new morning routine, what would you like to keep the same, and what would you like to adapt? Well, as I think about it, the morning routine part, I'd really like to keep the same. I All the elements that I described before are what I want it to be. What I think needs to change, potentially, is like we talked about last week and the importance of the nightly routine. I think that's where I kind of fell apart this week. I wasn't going to bed at 10.30, like I said, and that contributed to the morning not going as well as I would have liked. Our days really are a cycle where the actions that we take or do not take really create the routines that we have. In terms of your nightly routine, this is something that we talked about last week and you you did gain clarity around what it is that you want to do. So what obstacles did you face in being able to follow through with that routine? I think it goes back to the obstacle I talked about last week of feeling like there's still things to get done in the evening. There have been several projects that, that I worked on late into the night And this week was kind of unique in the fact that we've started putting up our Christmas decorations. I imagine that would be a time-consuming project. 
You mentioned that several things stopped you from going to bed when you planned. What other distractions did you experience? Other nights I was watching shows on TV and wasn't really prioritizing my nightly or morning routine. What I'm hearing is that you experienced external distractions or external circumstances that pulled you away from your routine. And also on an internal perspective, it wasn't something that you prioritized. No, I'm, I'm realizing now that it's not something that I've prioritized in the way that I had intended to. And I'm actually feeling a little disappointed in myself for that. You feel like you let yourself down because you didn't have the action to match your intention. Yeah, exactly. How can you take that feeling of discouragement and use it as a stepping stone for change? I think the best thing that I can do with it is use it as a reminder of what I want to be different about this coming week. Speaking of next week, what would you like to focus on during the rest of our discussion today that will help you have a different outcome? I would really like to work on my internal blocks because, to be honest, I am settled in complacency. I appreciate your honesty and vulnerability. It takes courage to say, I really want to work on my mindset behind what I'm experiencing. An idea came to mind, so grab your notepad and pen. And in the middle, well, we're going to create a mini mind map. So in the middle, I want you to draw a circle and write the word complacency. And then we want three bubbles out of that and one for the word thoughts, one for the word emotions, and one for the word behavior. Starting with behavior, how does complacency show up in the way that you act? This is what I've written down. Lack of urgency, avoidance, Netflix, and mindless eating. It would seem that avoidance and the lack of urgency could be the trigger to what leads to Netflix or mindless eating. What did you write down for emotions? The things I wrote down are numbness, tiredness, disappointment, being overwhelmed, and instant gratification. Thank you. With emotions, some of those emotions may be the trigger to the behavior. And some of those emotions may be what you feel when you are behaving the way that you've already mentioned. Looking at your list that you have, which ones lead to the behavior, would you say? And which ones do you feel while in the behavior? I would say that the emotions that lead to all of these behaviors are feeling tired and overwhelmed. And then while I'm in the midst of the behaviors, I'm feeling the numbness and instant gratification. And then the resulting emotion afterwards is the disappointment. Touching on instant gratification for a second, that's not an emotion, but it can lead to feeling something in the moment. So what emotions would you say do you experience when you make a choice that leads to instant gratification? Oh, good question. I would say I feel content. I have reduced stress. And it's things that make me happy. What I'm hearing is a mix of emotions. 
and especially how some lead to the behaviors, some of what you feel during the behaviors. And even you mentioned that afterwards on reflection, you then feel disappointed that you made the choices that you did rather than sticking to what you said your intention was. Because you wanted to specifically work on internal blocks, emotions are internal and so are our thoughts. What did you write down for the thoughts area of this? The thoughts I wrote down are, I don't want to deal with that right now. I'm tired and I'm not done, but it's late, so I'll quit for today. Looking at the three thoughts that you've just shared there, what patterns are you noticing between your thoughts, what you feel, and then what you do? I'm noticing that everything is interconnected. There's not one thought that leads to a feeling that leads to a behavior. They all work together into what I've just been viewing as feeling complacent. And it really just goes so much deeper. What I'm hearing you say then is that you're developing an awareness of the complexities around your thoughts that you have, around the feelings that you experience, and that there's a bigger picture here. You said that you believe that complacency is at the core of what you are experiencing. Now, complacency is an interesting word because the definition is to be satisfied with one's efforts, to not feel the need to do anything else and not see danger or the perception of danger around the corner. Looking at this experiment, this exercise that we've just done, how well does the word, the term complacency now describe what it is that you have been experiencing? I would say that complacency does fit in some areas of my life. For example, with my spirituality, I've been a church member my whole life, and I definitely have faith and belief in God. And there are times when I feel like I don't really need to do more to develop that. At the same time, I do recognize that I always need to be doing more. In my daily life, on the other hand, it's almost opposite. I know that there is a lot more to do that I haven't gotten done, and I end up being more on the side of avoiding it. Then there are also days where I end up doing tasks that are unplanned. I'm starting to realize that this really might be more about self-regulation. What is behind thinking that? Well, what I'm realizing, looking at these emotions that I put down, a lot of them are negative and ones that I don't want to be experiencing. So I look for that instant gratification to get out of it. That's a powerful insight. So when you seek instant gratification, that's when you start to experience more positive emotions. But there's a cost involved. Something that we haven't touched on yet is an assessment that I asked you to do as part of the intake process for working with me as your coach. And that is the VIA Character Strengths Assessment. And I remember that self-regulation was toward the end of the list of strengths. Now, I want to clarify that it doesn't mean it's a weakness. It means that it's a strength that is unused or underdeveloped or just one that you haven't been focusing on because you've been focusing on the other strengths. Would you please open that document? Yeah, I've got it right here. Okay. 
So self-regulation comes under temperance. And I want you to start by reading the definition on your report for self-regulation. Okay. Self-regulation is a complex character strength. It has to do with controlling your appetites and emotions and regulating what you do. Those high in self-regulation have a good level of confidence in their belief that they can be effective in what they pursue and are likely to achieve their goals. They are admired for their ability to control their reactions to disappointment and insecurities. Self-regulation helps keep a sense of balance, order, and progress in life. Self-regulation can be viewed as a resource that can be depleted and fatigued. A useful metaphor can be that self-regulation acts like a muscle, which can be exhausted through overexertion or strengthened through regular practice. Thank you. Now this is interesting too because we've talked about confidence and how confidence was a key for you making the changes that you wanted to make, whether that was in your routine or the 52 Fears project. Based on your understanding of self-regulation and what you've just read here, what do you think is missing? The line that's standing out to me is where it says self-regulation helps keep a sense of balance, order, and progress. I feel like I don't really have a sense of balance because I don't really have any order, and that is essentially due to a lack of discipline. And then because of all that, I'm not making progress, or at least not the progress that I want to be making. I get the sense that you feel like you're often behind and that you're playing catch-up. Yeah, and that leads to me feeling overwhelmed, which then perpetuates the cycle. In terms of self-regulation and realizing that there is a lack of discipline, how would you articulate the goal that you now want to work on around discipline? I'm going to learn to apply self-regulation. For example, when I notice I'm feeling overwhelmed, I need to actually deal with the emotion rather than avoiding it. Or if I notice that I'm going to the fridge to get a snack, do I actually need one or am I doing it out of habit? And if I'm working on a project and notice that I'm starting to get distracted, I will practice discipline. How can you add a level of accountability to your goal? I would like to track the ways that I am employing self-discipline each day. So every evening at the end of the day, I will write down the ways in which I was intentional about being more self-disciplined. And that report will become a tool that we can use next week to discuss your progression. What impact do you think that this will have on your nightly and morning routine? Well, recognizing that the lack of self-regulation and discipline are at the core of not following through with this routine, I can use it as a course correction so that when I recognize that I'm on a path to not following through, It'll help me get back on track to making sure that this routine actually happens. Continuing on with looking at your strengths and how you can use your strengths in new ways to help you achieve what it is that you want to achieve, I have another activity that will be useful. So please get your notepad and pen again. And on one side, to so the left side, I want you to just draw something symbolic 
to where you are right now. And then on the right side, draw something that represents who you want to become and the direction you are heading. For the benefit of our listeners, Fred, <laughs> will you please describe in detail, vivid detail, <laughs> what you have drawn? Okay, so on the left side, I have drawn a sloth. It looks very angry, actually. <laughs> and I did a little speech bubble that says, I am a sloth. Grr. <laughs> then on the right side, I drew a horse and did a speech bubble that says, I am a workhorse. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Fred. Now, I know I asked you to describe that because there is a level of humor that, for those listening, don't get unless you were watching this in person. So I wanted you to be a part of that. I also want to share that it is actually really symbolic and insightful what you have drawn. The sloth doesn't look like a sloth, but the sloth also doesn't look happy. And yes, looks slightly angry. <laughs> so how does that represent truly where your heart is right now? I would say that my heart isn't really happy. I mean, I wouldn't call it angry, but <laughs> I definitely know that I'm not quite in the place I want to be. That grr could be demonstrating frustration. Yes, definitely. And then the workhorse, I did recognize that it was a horse straight away. And it's interesting how you said workhorse versus a regular horse. So describe the meaning behind that. Well, I decided to call it a workhorse because I want to have a better work ethic, essentially. And horses symbolize many things like speed and strength and loyalty, that kind of thing. Okay, so at the core of being a workhorse and that work ethic you've described is the discipline that you're seeking. Definitely, yes. The next part to this activity is to look over your list of strengths and choose any five that you would like to intentionally apply to help you create a bridge between where you are now and where you want to be. Okay, let me have a look. Okay, I think I got them. So I chose fairness, honesty, teamwork, spirituality, and perseverance. Now you have the bridge with the five strengths. The next step is to discuss how you want to apply them and develop that strength. The first one you mentioned is fairness. How do you envision yourself applying that strength? So fairness is about giving each of the different projects that I have going on the amount of time and focus and effort that they merit. How does fairness also apply to yourself and your relationships? I would say that it applies in making sure that I'm being fair to my own time as well as time that I spend helping other people. I can see from your report that fairness is your number one strength right now. How is what you've just shared with me different to how fairness plays out in your current reality? I would say that right now I tend to prioritize things that others ask me to do in the moment 
and that ends up taking away from time that I have planned to work on my own projects. Moving forward, I want to be able to honor them and what they ask, but also my time that I have planned for myself. The next strength on your list is honesty. How can honesty help you with the, the way that you want to apply fairness? Using honesty will create boundaries around fairness of my time. So for example, when I am asked to do something, I can be honest that I have something else I have planned at this time, but I also want to be able to help. So we can come up with a plan of how I will be able to do both. It takes courage to set boundaries around your time and be honest with people. How else do you want to apply the strength of honesty? Another aspect that honesty will be important for is honesty with myself. For example, with my nightly routine, I need to be honest with myself. And when it gets to 930 and time to start winding down, I actually do it. You want to change your narrative and be honest with yourself in such a way that you honor your integrity and the decisions that you've made within your routine. The third strength on your list is teamwork. How do you want to apply teamwork? The teamwork part, I think, ties into boundaries because the team I have in mind is my wife. She will basically be my accountability partner in helping me stick to the commitments I've made to my schedule as well as keep the appointments that I make with myself for my projects. Teamwork then is about using your resources and those that love you to help you be successful. What is the fourth strength on your list? Spirituality. Spirituality. Spirituality is one of the aspects to your morning routine. And this is something that you've said that you are a faithful person and that you go to church, you have faith. So looking at spirituality as a strength, how do you want to cultivate that right now? My idea behind adding it to this list was that since it is something I want to increase as part of my morning routine, I can use the fact that it is a strength of mine to help me be more confident in my ability to stick to my morning routine. What I'm hearing is that by applying the spiritual development in your morning routine, that becomes a strength for the rest of the day and also then to push you to keep going during your morning routine. Thinking about your relationship with spirituality and God, what is God helping you to move toward right now? Part of the person that I want to become is a more spiritual man. So I would say that God is helping me to improve myself in that area. What is driving that response and desire to grow in your spiritual character? I know that I am a spiritual being first, and I want to have those godly attributes in my life because... That's going to help me with everything else. Spirituality is a part of who you are, and it's more than a value. It's a belief system that drives your behaviors. And I'm sensing that you felt somewhat disconnected 
from your spiritual self and and you are seeking something more real for you within that relationship. Yes, I do want more. The final strength that you chose is perseverance. What made you choose perseverance? I chose this one partially because it's something I need to work on improving, but also because perseverance is the mindset that is really going to make everything a success that we've talked about so far. How would you describe someone who has a mindset of perseverance? I would say that that person is someone that has a lot of stick to <laughs> That's a new word to me. Say that one more time. stick to Oh. Basically means the ability to stick to it. And not <laughs> Stick give up. to the task. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> okay, Fred, now you have built the bridge. I want you to close your eyes and visualize yourself letting go of being the sloth and walking over the bridge to becoming the workhorse and developing the work ethic that you desire. When you visualize yourself on the other side, open your eyes. And please describe what is different. I would say that I feel different. I feel more confident and more pleased with myself, knowing that I have and am able to continue accomplishing more in my life. In any bridge construction, Maintenance <laughs> needs to be considered. Taking maintenance in the light of obstacles, what obstacles, if any, do you need to plan for? You know, I think that the whole plan that I've come up with so far is based around the obstacles that are frequent for me in my life. So I wouldn't say that there's anything further that we need to discuss at this point. How does the commitment level and energy you feel toward your goals right now differ to what you felt last week based on the insight that you've generated today? Well, last week I was committed, but I didn't foresee the internal blocks that I experienced and that we've talked about today. So at this point, I would say that I'm feeling a much more positive energy about it because I've been able to address those and also decide how to use my strengths to my advantage. I want to ask one more question around the five strengths that you chose to help you. If you could pick one as your signature strength, which one would you choose and why? I would say it would be fairness. Partly because it was the number one strength from the assessment, but also because I feel like it's my best starting point. If I am able to be fair about treating my time with the respect that it deserves, then a lot of this will fall into place. Based on our discussion around your strengths, you've mentioned that Perseverance is the mindset, spirituality is the core, and now fairness is the signature. 
Which one is the anchor? Oh, wow, that's insightful. I also said earlier that honesty was the boundary. So teamwork will be the anchor because that's the accountability. What has been the most significant insight you have experienced during our time today? I would say that it would be how I can use my strengths to be able to be able to become the person that I want to become. And lastly, will you please summarize your action steps and goals that you are going to be working on between now and our next session? My morning and nightly routine will be the same as last week. Then I'll have the addition of applying self-regulation in a new way every day and tracking it at night. Then also developing the five strengths in my bridge to be able to become who I want to be. Thank you, Fred. I look forward to seeing you next week. I look forward to it too. What a session. Something that I love about coaching is that you just never know where the conversation is ultimately going to go or what insights are going to happen during the session. And as Fred and I decided to demonstrate coaching sessions, we haven't been planning what we would do in advance. I don't know what Fred's going to talk about. He doesn't know what skills or activities I'm going to utilize. And we did not plan to use the BIA character strength assessment within this session. I just realized that as we were discussing what we were, that that assessment really lended itself well to helping Fred and his next level. The VIA character strengths assessment is one that I use and utilize a lot with those that I work with because it is foundational in helping people come from a strengths-based approach. And that's what coaching is. Coaching is a strengths-based approach to helping people experience change. And that is why we teach assessments as part of our Coaching Foundations course. We look at what assessments are, which ones are appropriate to use as coaches, as well as the psychometric properties, meaning are they reliable, valid, and research-based. Part of our curriculum is a weekly skills lab, which is an opportunity to practice using these for future sessions. Our January course enrollment is open now. For more information, reach out via email, through the website, or simply enroll directly from the links provided on the website. We'll see you soon. Happy coaching!